Welcome back to the Big Water Podcast. If you've watched any of our stuff, hopefully you've been entertained a little bit. Hopefully you've been educated a little bit. This is going to be a dumpster fire with a little bit of both of those things because we have what we're calling producer dude. He is now known as Slow Alex Trebek because we are going to answer your questions with the country Steve, who's a little bit more of an egomaniac now that you guys are all recognizing him. But he's actually, uh, he took some time, which we're very grateful because he's getting ready to fish a tournament. And so he is in between uh, sleeping and fishing, basically. But producer dude, or as we should call him now, slow Alex That's Trebek. not what you called me before we went on. <laughs> what, what, what did I call you? <laughs> Anyhow, I mean, slow Alex Trebek, because in fairness, like Alex Trebek was literally like a genius. Like his IQ was crazy high. It was high enough that I know it was. It was smarter than your tab. Was it though, or did he just have the answers? Well, he had the answers too, which we that's the thing with this, what we're about to do. There are no answers. So we have make, no answers, no. We we're, we're gonna make them up. But in all seriousness, you guys have asked questions on different platforms, whether it's been Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or emailing them in. I don't know where Alex Trebek, slow Alex Trebek has gotten all these from, but he's got them. So we're gonna run through, we're gonna give you a real deal. And some of you guys, I'm just gonna tell you in all seriousness, we love the feedback. Ask, I, this is from someplace else where I was listening to another podcast because a lot of people have the same thing. Ask good questions, get good answers. Some of these are just like they're ridiculous, which producer dude, I mean, you got to let me and Steve have a little fun with some of them. But in all seriousness, like some of them are just so crazy and not specific or just open ended that it's almost pointless. So we want to participate with you guys and we appreciate the feedback, but help me help you. You know what I'm saying, Country Steve? Oh, yeah. Yeah, help me. And, and R doesn't stand for record when it comes to the Alex Trebek, right? <laughs> no, it does not. No. <laughs> All right. All right, slow Alex. What do we got? So, right. What are the people talking about? So log dog fishing wants to know uh, what are some of the ways that the big walleye act differently uh, compared to the average walleye? And do you find them more in isolated schools among other big fish or are they mixed in with regular sized school uh, fish in a school? Very subjective country. Steve, what do you think? I think that, and I've ran into it this year, that the bigger fish have are, are in the areas of the smaller fish, but they're on the outer part of the smaller fish, um, especially in Saginaw Bay especially on Lake St. Clair, which has been a miserable fish this last week. But all the bigger fish, you know, you'd think they'd all be in the weeds, but they're laying outside the weeds, outside of the smaller fish. It's been kind of odd. I think, you know, there, there's, there's no good answer for this, but I think the handful of things you can do to put the odds in your favor are getting away from people. And I think that's kind of what you mean. You know, like that first pass through or early in the morning, you know, late in the evening when there's not maybe the, as many people out there getting to the edge of packs if you need to fish them like where we do on Erie yeah. where there's just piles of boats. Um, sometimes it's, you know, just fishing a little bit deeper. A lot of those big fish either, you know, when the feed's really on maybe are higher than where you're at. Um, but I think, the, I think to me the biggest thing, and I know country's going to agree with this, if you're fishing for a fall brawl winner, if you're fishing for a 10 pound plus fish, you're going to have to do something different generally than you are if you're going to catch two, four, three, four, five pounders, depending on where you live. And most people aren't willing to quit catching fish to get that big fish because you're not going to catch 30 fish a day if you're targeting trophies, even on a place like Lake Erie most of the time. I agree 100%. 100%. Yeah. And most people aren't willing to do that. And I get it because people want to catch. Like I, I have that. Catch, catch. 
yeah, I tournament, not tournaments, but with, with guide clients, they go, Hey, I, I want to book you for a, for a trophy trip. And so we're going to go to a different area. I'm going to set up with different things. And after 20 minutes, I'm not catching one. They're like, all right, let's just, let's just, let's just catch some eaters. And it's kind of like that deer hunting guy that puts a food plot in you guys that are hunters, you know, does all this stuff, got the scent free everything. And then he smokes a doe in his best tree stand, you know, 10 minutes into the season. It's the same thing. Well, those big walleyes do stuff different, right? Well, the biggest thing I've learned tournament fishing over the whole period is everybody's catching fish. Oh, they're the greatest fishermen pre-fishing, and you know a guy named Bob. We won't say any last names. That he was a great, the greatest pre-fisherman that ever was. My thing is I eliminate water, so I might go two days and catch five fish, but I know the fish aren't there. And the only way to learn them, you know, is to eliminate the water. Pre-fish are hard. So, again, you got to go outside the box and then figure it out. Producer, dude, for people that are watching this on YouTube, I know Country Steve probably has a iPad or something on his lap. But when he was bouncing around because he was obviously into this conversation, he looked like a bobblehead doll. And I was just thinking if we had a Country <laughs> Steve bobblehead doll, we might make enough <laughs> revenue that we wouldn't have to go fishing or do videos anymore. Probably. <laughs> I was noticing that too. It's like every time we talk, he I'm must be, rusty. he must be, I, and I wasn't going to correct him or anything because it's just what he does. But he, but he definitely, it, every time he talks, it's bouncing. So it's like, he's got it on his lap and he's just bouncing. They do things different. And so do you, you know, I had somebody email me just a couple of days ago and the same thing. And I said, there's like, Oh, we can't catch any of these fish. We know they're there and this and that. I said, have you ever fished it at night? And they're like, no. And I'm like, no traffic, no people, no pressure. Uh, you know, you, you've got to get away from doing what the Jones do. If you right. to find uh, Keep us going, Alex. Slow Alex. All right. Yeah, I'm going to cut Steve off there. Um, next question is from the Cruises Adventures. Uh, you have said you like to go slow. What are your average speeds for each season? Uh, with your normally used baits for each season. So if you're using, you know, if you're using the cranks in the midsummer or doing dipsies in late summer, you know, kind of what are the speeds? Is that a specific I, enough question? I'm, I'm no, going to start this one off because I, I got a, I'm going to go a different way than I think country is going to go if I know them. The thing that you have to realize if you're fishing in a river, a reservoir, and the Great Lakes is current is there, whether you want to understand it or not. So when you're going 1.5, that doesn't mean your lure is going 1.5. Or if you're going east to west, and then you go um, west to east, or whatever it is, the opposite direction, your lure is not doing the same thing. There's a lot of little tricks and things that I use for that visually, but when it comes down to it, you have to use a fish hawk because what you think your speed over ground is and what you're doing is two different things. I mean, I've been on the Detroit River where I'm blowing up I'm blowing up the river because of wind, and it does a lot of things there with a the return flow. Um, you guys that have seen marinas basically empty out and then, you know, the, the current on the bottom is going the opposite way. I think it's called a sight is what I pronounce that properly. So that's kind of a detailed answer to this. I know you want a simple answer, but what, if I was to give you a number like 1.2, just understand that 1.2 going east and west is not the same. Um, but generally, you just need to go because of that current. Also, what's going to turn your blades with a spinner? On a crankbait, what's going to wobble? So on the left and the right side of the boat, that may be different. And I've caught fish in the summertime going one mile an hour in almost 80 degree you know, water. 
And then I've mean actually me and country, we filmed the show way back where we are in the winter time. It was like January. We were going like two miles an hour, like hauling ass, um, you know, in water that was like 34 degrees. And we only knew that because we did a hard turn to avoid something in the water or whatever, some, whatever it was. I think and it was we, Pollock and there was that giant telephone yeah, pole. That's exactly what it was. I wouldn't have pulled that out. That's exactly what it was. And, and we made a hard turn. And so we did it again. And it was one of those things where, you know, those lazy S patterns or, or checking your speed. I know a lot of you guys want these textbook answers of in the spring, I do 1.2 in the summer, I do this. Forget that. And you're going to be a lot better fisherman. Pay attention to the day to day, because even when I fish every day, you know, six, seven days a week in a row, long story short, what I do on Monday, and what I do on Tuesday to be successful is often very different. I, I would say, you know, rule of thumb, spring, fall, go a little slower, summer, a little faster, but you have to present it in the speed that they want to eat at, at that particular time. So and you're going to have to adjust your speeds. And when you start catching more fish at whatever speed that is, that's the speed you want to go. And, you know, the, uh, I know we kind of really dug in deep, but that's why we got me and country here An ideal speed, you know, like uh, certain baits work at better. Like generally speaking, I think not that you can't catch them going fast. The husky jerk catches more fish going slower by the neutral buoyancy that that bait has. Agree. Or other baits, a hot and tidal wiggle Flecker, work. That thing's not a crank. Collector minnows work better at slower speeds because they got a big wobble. So. Yeah. I could see that. Well, we catch them going a little faster than those two, but just know that every body of water and the type of bait is, is going to have a different preference. So slow Alex, what do we got? Well, did, did country Steve just transform or uh, teleport into a new location? Is that what happened? He did. He said that he feels like he needs to have happiness and happiness is in the homemade. Yeah. <laughs> my wife makes homemade stuff. Happiness is homemade. And I'm going to wait for him to quit moving. And, and look at the little sailboats back there. If you yeah. guys are watching you those, if, if you're watching this on Spotify or something, that's great. We appreciate you tuning in. But if you're not watching this on YouTube, you are missing out because the Mrs. Country Steve coming in, the sailboats, the happiness is homemade. Like it's, it's, it's a real professional show is, is what you're saying, right? No, 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 no. Bounce. no. No. no, no, my producer not. left me. He left me. Forgot. Yeah. I was like, hello, hello, 911. My producer's dead Bad. on the floor. Bad. All right. Um, GI Weaver 95 uh, says, has, a two, has two questions, and we'll give him two questions. They're quick questions. Um, I guess talking to Ross, um, will you ever compete in local Lake Erie tournaments again? Well, the guy sitting right next to me over here is, has been dragging me, beating me, and <laughs> me over. Uh, you're, yes. I love comp yes. I love competition and uh, I definitely yes I probably I, pro I probably will but it's gonna have to be a, a while because just the state of the things going on in my business and time and everything um, but I, I think does the fall brawl count no because I, can't <laughs> I don't think that counts that. no so yeah, I mean, eventually. I mean, country. I mean, you already know you're going to drag me in. You, you try yeah. every day. Yeah, like, we're doing the roster yeah. next year. Yeah. Uh, and then he also wants to know for both of you, I guess, uh, what's your favorite fish to catch besides walleye? I think people are going to be surprised with country's answer. <sighs> I, I would go with redfish. 
um, in Louisiana, but I also want to get my elusive triple tail, and I'm, I've got a lot of stuff that I want to go after. We were, me and him, were just I've talking about, about the triple tail thing. That's a interesting fish hiding that's out. A, yeah, it's casting. It's mine is easy, and and that's why I've probably done as many TV shows for smallmouth bass as I have for walleyes, mainly because it made me go and set the time aside to go do it matter of fact me and producer dude we shot a lot of smallmouth shows didn't we early on I, you, you I, I, wanna, those. I hate them and i want to gut them at this point in time in my life well yeah with what you're doing right now but that's a whole different deal yeah i'm just 30 40 of them a day and crankbaits is not any fun when you're trolling <laughs> so ross i, I want to stop the podcast for a second oh i, I know okay. we'll, get back, we'll get back to the guest in a minute i saw you I was, I was looking at stuff. I was researching. Get it? I was researching. For oh my god! You're you're doing your job. Oh my god! I'm doing my job, and I was on something like called like Powder Puff, which I don't know why you're on Powder Puff, but I saw your face on something called Powder Puff or something like Powder that. Hook, man. Powderhook.com. Okay. Well, what is that? Well, <laughs> as you uh, kind of found out, we're cheating on a little bit. Normally, the Fellow listeners there at Big Water know that you have to tease me with ice cream to give a fishing report because I quite frankly hate them. But we are doing an extensive fishing report, amongst other things, with uh, powderhook.com. And they've got a bunch of things across Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff, too. But we're doing a detailed fishing report. They're talking about really detailed stuff with what's going on specifically on Lake Erie here in the western and central basins and even a few times there in the eastern basin in the summer now through May of 2023. So we're going to be doing lots of stuff. And you already seen some of it because you caught me red-handed. But we've got a perch, you know, information on it. We're talking about planer boards. We've got all kinds of different information. But with myself and then some other Lake Erie studs that basically are teaching how to catch more walleyes, what's going on currently. And, I mean, Powderhook, powderhook.com. It's it's a one-stop shop right now for Lake Erie info, whether it's a fishing report, videos, or some you know written articles, how to you know select a charter captain like myself, different things to think about and talk about. So a lot of unique things there, as you already know. So powderhook.com, that's where we go. Catch and release 77 uh, wants to know, have you ever fished the Bay of Quinte, or do you plan to? Not only oh, have yeah. I not only have I fished, I fished with the guy, my man country right here. I have probably got a hundred, I would say 90 to 110 days on Bay of Quinney or Lake Ontario. I have a third of that, I would say. Yeah. But yeah, I, I we've done it, but it's been, a, it's been a long time since we've been there. I, I went on almost every trip that you were on. Yeah, I know that. But I'm just yeah, I've spent quite a bit of time there. It's a neat place. I think that, honestly, about we started going there in 2005, me and you? Three, yeah, four or four, five. I think, I think on most of those trips that you went that you got the 100 days on, probably 100 of them were with my boats and 70 <laughs> of the days or not with me and my boat, but that, you with my boat. That, that is a fact. I actually made his boat airborne on the Bay of Quinney when he wasn't even there. 
Um, multiple times I had the Coast Guard follow me. It was a great deal. But no, in all seriousness, Bay Quinney, I, we we shot shows back there and kind of honestly want to take credit for breaking some of the tactics that the guys then end up using. And we kind of showed the locals. <laughs> me and Country showed a few of the local guys there how to how to get her done. Is that fair? Yeah, I'm not allowed back at one place. <laughs> he got banned. I Country, think, I think he got banned, producer dude. Like- Slow Alex, 100% he got banned. Listen to the Country Street podcast. I think I we have to talk about this. I remember. But, um, yeah, Bay Quinney, good place, but it's. I think it's kind of coming back a little bit. Those guys ate a lot of those fish and killed them. You know, it's deep water, and I don't. I think that they, they hurt that resource there pretty good for a while. Um, so say Country Steve has dropped the Snickers bar on your boat floor, or I have walked through a bunch of mud and then got on your boat. One of those may have actually happened. Um, you, you guys are going to have to figure that out. Uh, but Jeremy Rieger is looking for a good boat floor cleaning tip. Well, first of all, it would have been my Snickers, not Country Steve's. He will back me on that. Yeah. The muddy shoes definitely would have been slow, Alex. No doubt. Yeah. That's no doubt. There's, there's many things that Country Steve is, but dirty is not one of them. No. I mean, he's dirty, but not that type of dirty. Not a pig pen dirty. Cleaning the boat floor. I think, you know, it really depends on what you have. Like now I'm in one of my boats, I've got the, you know, the, the decking stuff that you've, you've got now. And then in my Ranger 622, my new boat, um, I've got that rubber floor and it's much easier to clean. Like on my, my 2022 model, they got the little circles on there and a power washer at 90% of them and just keeping up with it. Um, but I just recently heard that rubber roofing, uh, Tom Vatalero, Vic Sports Center, just told me this. Rubber roof cleaning solution is what you need to use for those floors that have the, the, the contours and the little diamonds and things that's hard to get into. Using that rubber floor, rubber ceiling cleaning solution. Say the, the best thing I've come across is go to the power, go to the, uh, you know, your car wash. Go to the power wash and you get your boat wet. Then you go through and you pre-soak. There's a button you press over and you, you pre-soak it. You go through and do it twice. And then you come back over and clean it all off. It would take some time, but it will get everything off your boat. That pre-soak, you got to let it set though. But if you don't get that pre-soak off, I'm telling you what, it'll be slicker than snot stepping on that floor. You got to get it all off. So it'll take a little bit of time, but that will get your boat the fastest, easiest clean ever. I might be the worst one on the plan to ask about. Oh, yeah, you are the worst. Oh, yeah, that is a bony contention. Steve always thinks your boat's a mess. Well, yeah. I, I, it's funny because I was at Vic Sports Center the other day getting some routine uh, service on my motors done. Yeah, and they probably needed to get a shot before they got in your boat. No. He, Tommy was like he, – he was he was like, what what happened? We're, we're, he didn't. He couldn't even believe. I said, "Well, honestly, we just haven't been pulling crawlers as much as really what it is. <laughs> you pull crawlers seven days a week. I don't care who you are. If you're oh. doing it every day, you show me a clean boat. I'll show you somebody that hasn't caught fish." Uh, well, you know me. My boat's always clean. Yeah, but you're not. You're not. You're not going every day for like weeks on end. Not to what you do, but when you know. The last thing you're thinking about doing when you got to come home and do one of these. No, or that one yeah. Anyhow, slow Alex. Bring it home. What do we got? Uh, show me more drinks. So that's one of those names that you love. Sounds like a party. 
uh, wants to know if you're looking for more rent-a-friends. And I believe we, we talked about this in the boat during a video with Country Steve, I believe. Rent-a-friend? Right so that's what he's referring to. That's, that's kind of a loaded question. What kind of friends are we talking about? Uh, this is all you. I, 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 I'm enjoying hearing this myself. Strippers and blow kind of rent-a-friends or what? Oh, boy. There we go. There, there, there we go. <laughs> um, rent-a-friends. Heck, yeah. I mean, there, there's times I'm sure that producer dude in country want to get rid of me. I guarantee that. Yeah, just about every time I'm out there. But then I wouldn't be able to get the boat back, so I need someone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One or starts really hard to remember. Yeah. Well, you know, guys like me have to change that code because we, we just in case it's security. <laughs> uh, Philip Komen wants to know, uh, how do you use tadpole drivers? Uh, do you use them with uh, – not drivers, divers. Uh, do you use them with uh, planer boards? I don't use them. Never put I, them in the water. I use them on all the time on Saginaw Bay. Yes, I use them on planer boards. Um, it's just an alternative for like a bead chain or a snap weight, essentially, guys. Yeah, but it's they work really good uh, on certain. I, I mean, I don't use them that much on Lake Erie. I've tried, but they just don't. The fish don't react to them on Saginaw Bay. They love them to death. I don't know what it is. Um, and you can, you know, dial it in, dragging them and pull them a little bit faster and stuff like that. So. I've got, I carry, I don't know, I got maybe a dozen in my boat and they've never come out of the, the, the box. And I only carry them just because if you tell me or somebody else, you know, that, that we work with has them and they're like 42 back on a size one or however they, I don't even know what the sizes are. I'd have to send one, two and three. Yeah. So I've never even put one in the water, but yeah, I use them all the time on Saginaw Bay. Love them. There you all go. right. Um, MX Warren. Uh, this is going to be a good question for you guys. He, he's being a little snotty. Uh, he says, how do, you, how, do you <laughs> snarky, son. Yeah. how do you put up with the monotony of catching walleye? I've done two trips in a row and I can't handle the thought of reeling in another wet sock. Well, since, since you said two trips in a row, we'll try doing a hundred in a row and you'll find out that you can't catch them all the time because walleyes are a bitch. Yes, and they so are. When you think it's insane, like producer, you'll even agree to this when we're catching, 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 and I'm like, go, go, go. And you're like, hold on. And then all of a sudden they're just done and they quit biting or they move. And yeah. you're trying to we, bite we've them. done two hour shoots. Try, and putting, eight a, hours. try putting a thousand dollars of your own money on a line in a week out there fishing and then tell me about it. Yeah. You know, it's, part it's, of, you're on a trip and you've already paid the guy to find the fish. He puts you on the fish and you're complaining about reeling them in. I mean, seriously, don't go. It's that easy. Well, I think half half the battles with walleyes is figuring them out, right? And, right, 100%. And they make, they make great table fare, and I like figuring it out. And I can just tell you, like, producer dude leaving back me on this. We did a shoot in, I want to say June, end of June, early July, where, do you remember this, uh, producer, where we were like, I mean, they weren't giant fish. They weren't small fish. But, I mean, it was like it took me forever to get them in because they were fighting hard. Different circumstances and different ways that you fish. So, I guess the, I'll, I'll close my answer on this. If you're fishing jets and spoons and crankbaits at Mach 10, maybe try fishing spinners or fishing slow when you don't have that boat to basically kill them and drag them and you fish right. slow like me and country like to do. Or go cast. A whole new, whole new deal. Go cast for them. Go cast. Go try check them. 
Go open mm. water cast for them and, and tell me how much fun that is. Boom. If you can figure that out. Oh, snarky Steve. Boom. Oh, snarky Steve. I, I like I like to see people do it. I know. I when when it, it is kind of a touchy thing because when people go, oh, Lake Easy, and I'm like, well, you know what? You don't go out when you got a front. You don't go out when the water's muddy. You, you only pick. Oh, when it's easy. Tell me how easy it is. Okay, so uh, kind of along with reeling in fish, um, Aiden Gatto wants to know, why does Country Steve lose so many fish? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Here's the deal. When I listen to some of these questions, I go, do you guys ever even watch any of our stuff? Because He clearly does. He clearly watches. So, like, I want to give this guy, I mean, some love somehow because, yeah, half these times you're like, Hey, do you have a videos on Dipsy Divers? Like, yeah, we got like six of them. We'll watch them. But why Country Steve loses so many fish? It just happens. It's like <laughs> I, real. It comes off. I mean, it's just, I've it's only crazy. been mad two times. <laughs> oh yeah, and they were both at Bay of Quinney. No, no, no. One was when and don't t- producer did don't say where we were at. What we were doing a spring shoot, and I remember. We were, I, I was like, because they were giants. I mean, they were all tens, and I don't he know. What, so he was so. We were having a bad day. Turn the camera we were, off. Yeah, we we were not on the same page that day, but that I was, don't get mad. I that was preventable. Mad. That that day was preventable on Bay of Quinney when we had multiple fish in the teens that came off. It just what we were doing to, in order to get bites was extremely difficult to land the fish, and that's all I'll say. It, it was it was disheartening. When you watch two fish come off that are in the teens, and you know they are because you watch you you land one that's like thirteen six scaled, and you see this thing swimming like a beluga whale down, and you're like, <gasps> I don't care if I catch another fifty thousand walleyes, I still will remember that day. Right. I mean, I lose so many. I've, I have no idea. I've lost one big fish in a tournament that legitimately took me from would have been in first to third. And I, I snapped a rod over my knee. That was recent, I mean, too, wasn't it? No, no, no. That was, it was several years ago. No, no, we're not talking about the spring when I had two net boys that didn't net. That, that is what it is, but in the river. But this, was, <laughs> well, this, was, this was, that was disheartening. And I broke one of the 710 G Loomis brown rods over my knee. Oh, those are, you can't get them anymore. No, but that was, that was a long time ago. B pain smoke. Does that sounds like a rapper? I think I'm thinking the T pain. <laughs> oh, yeah, B pain smoke. Yeah, T pain. Brother T pain. Yeah, uh, didn't he invent invent like auto tune or something? That was T pain. He he made yeah, it. Um, he wants to know uh, what kind of knot you use for cranks, and we'll start there. He's got a second question, but we'll start there. The knot for cranks. I mean, it's the same one I would tie for spinners. I just tie a polymer knot to my snap. It's fast, easy, and it holds. I use two knots, and it doesn't matter if it's a crankbait or whatever. If I'm using monofilament, I generally use a uni knot. And if I'm using floral, without a doubt, you need to learn how to use the San Diego jam knot because it won't burn your line. You'll thank me later. That could be uh, B Pain Smoke's next uh, single. San Diego. What was that? The San Diego Jam Knot? San Diego Jam Knot. Do you guys know I went to Vanilla Ice and Tone Loke at Putin Bay last week? I saw a picture, yeah. It was an audio. (laughs) on fire. Um, What else here? Um, Oh, his second part of the question was, uh, what's the fastest speed you would ever troll with spinners? 
It depends on what you're doing, right? What's your answer, country? I would go one eight. I mean, I've caught them going three, but you just have to understand that your delivery method, your blade, and everything has to change. Your hook types, you know, for for efficiency. Once you start speeding up with spinners, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, right. well, if you're if you're over way east over by the pen line, then yeah, you're gonna be using double willows, pulling one eight for you know dipsies. But yeah, I, I would say you would bump it up. I don't because I don't go over there and fish dipsies that often. It pains me to go over one eight. <laughs> My boat doesn't even know how, but the last few years it's it's done it more than I care to share. No, I don't. All right. Uh, next question. And this, we get this one a lot, Ross. Um, Jason Cobbs wants to know about your mercury outboard cover. And if you ever have any issues with overheating. No, that's, it's a lot of people confuse it and they think like his Ranger boats used to make a, I think they still do actually you guys just don't, generally don't use them. They had a, a cover that used to be actually part of your boat cover. And then they had them where they buckle on. It's not that that cover is made specifically for that to be left on. Um, while traveling, while fishing, Mercury actually sells those. You can get them right at mercurymarine.com. Um, yeah, no, no overheating. Actually, the opposite. All right. Uh, Acoreno Pescador. Uh, how about that pronunciation? I think I got it right, too. I, I, I don't I'm, know if you did or you didn't, but that was a mouthful. I would have slipped an anal in there <laughs> if I would have said it. Jesus. Oh boy. There goes the neighborhood, boys. You knew what you were getting. Um, wants to know if you guys ever troll with uh, plastic worms. Yes. In the Detroit River. I started doing it this year. I actually went down to a slow death hook and put a plastic worm on. And it actually, a couple days, outfished regular worms. But the rest of the time, regular worms kicked its ass. Uh, I would concur. I think that when you have a short piece, like a quarter crawler or third of a crawler or whatever it is on a slow death or something like that, that seems to work well. On a regular rig replacement, have not done very good and certainly not any consistency whatsoever. I'm intrigued with the new one coming out. I'm right there with you. I'm intrigued. That's all I said. I'm not going to tell these guys. I, I, I'm a pretty open book, but I, I'm pretty sure I know why the crawler works, like scientifically wise. And I, I think that the at UV this point, I'll tell you later. But I, I don't think that uh, I'm not, I'm not going to tell everybody everything. You're always full of you're always see. I like Steve. Steve's an open book. You're always very secretive with all this stuff. Steve, Steve just talk, I talk circles around the channel. Quit being a slow Alex. Quit being you know we're going to replace you with Drew Carey. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you got? Uh, let's see. Um, Michael McCoy says he loves your content, Captain Ross, and how you are with Country Steve. Uh, it's very obviously that you two are close friends. Just okay. curious, where did the name Country Steve come from? How does he love our content if he doesn't know what Country Steve <laughs> That's exactly was my thought, too. It's okay. I mean, I mean he might have just started following. Okay, so judge 20, everybody. Here, I'm not, we're not we're not answering that. 2020 spring, April, May ish video. Probably, yeah, probably an April video. I would imagine we shot it in March. All I'm going to say is is it's not because he's a farmer and you probably don't want your eight year old standing next to you. 
wasn't it's not it's not gruesome but it's it's a little not Charmelli wasn't a part of that was he no, no, just no. And, uh, it was just the three of us. Yes, it was. <laughs> and now I remember. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a. It was a flat spring. Flat, yeah, where you could flat. hear you could hear boats, people talking on boats, like from. But couldn't see them. Half a mile away. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so Michael, uh, go find that video. I think the title has something to do with Instagram models. Uh, is in the title. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah. we can maybe go as far as giving a one-time link on there or something, but check it out. All right. Uh, Nitron uh, wants to know, and if you ever jig fish uh, for walleye on Erie, it looks so boring to reel in a walleye while the boat is in gear with a planer board attached. Do you know what's more boring? Looking at an empty cooler or no fish pictures. <laughs> or, or try figuring them out, the science of it. It's not as easy as people think. I- in all seriousness, I get people a lot, and I have people that end up not booking with our guide service because they're like, no, we want to come to jig. There's a very small window of jig fishing, and then also not just when those fish are staged in that area, but also the water clarity has to be right. So if we have north or northeast winds and it dirties that up, it makes that bite very difficult. And, you know, you just can't force those fish into, you know, making them eat what you want. The reality is, is our fish move a lot. Like right now with one of the bites that's going on on Erie, those fish are moving about two to five miles a day from the morning to the early afternoon, like those real big school. And you can't stay on that when you're jig fishing. You just can't. So it's an efficiency thing. It's like, do you want to, you know, clean an aircraft carrier deck with a toothbrush or do you want to use, you know, giant power washers? And so if you try to tell them fish, how you got to, how you want to catch them because it's more fun for you, you probably need a different, uh, different system. So the National Walleye Tour is here over in Dunkirk, and the leader is a giant caster. But I guarantee you, with him in his 39 pounds today, he did not catch them casting. Because I know other casters, and they're trolling. So it is not as easy as what you think it is. And I've been, in, in Ross and I both have been playing with the casting the last couple of years. And it's, it's not easy. We actually, uh, another shameless plug, but we can put the link up for this producer, dude. We did a casting in the Detroit River episode. Yes. Country Steve's breaking tactics here on us. You know, everybody's vertical jigging and trying to stay one step ahead of the curve using Mega Live, using 360 and all these different tools to, you know, to try to help yep. make that, what I just said, easier. But when fish are, are suspended and they're moving two to five miles in a six-hour period, dude, you... It's just not that easy. Our fish here roam so much, and they move so much. And I've, I've tried casting on St. Clair for three weeks now, and I can do it, but I can't do it consistently. And I had a buddy that was here. We went and did it, and he is a phenomenal caster. And he said, man, these fish move so much because we're fishing in Lake St. Clair, and it's a fishbowl, and they're on the move, and, and I just cannot get it down. And it is frustrating the crap out of me, but I'm having fun learning how to do it. And I've learned so much using my Mega Live and my side imaging, down down imaging in 360. And it, it's just crazy. It is just a whole different world out there with the technology now that it's just changing the game. Just like your buddy uh, Gallagher follows you. <laughs> you find the fish, he pulls up, doink, 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 doink. And actually, that's that's a we'll end on this one. Yeah, I have a good buddy who is really good at the casting game. He's kind of in the, of the opinion maybe this guy is, but um, 
he goes out there, my buddy, and he doesn't catch fish for two or three hours. And he'll call me and say, Hey, where are you at? And he'll set up 10 feet behind me as I'm going through. I've seen it. And he'll catch 20 fish. Boom, boom, boom. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But he can't find him. Then when those move and it's over with, he, you're, you're up, you're up a crick. And even using the mega live and all that stuff, it's still, it's, it's like trying to catch somebody in a car when you're on a tricycle. And it just, you, you can't, if you right. can find those fish and stay on them, yeah, do it. It's, it's more efficient to, to sit and work them like perch style. It's, it's a structure. It's a lot of structure thing. And, and, and Erie has some structure, but these fish are on the prowl looking for food. And the bait fish don't go, oh, here's a rock. We're going to stay by the rock. No, they're, you know, following the, the plankton, the small stuff. They're following their food chain and they're following the warmer water. So it's, it's not that easy. It's a lot um, to it. All right. And Steve, do you, I think at the beginning you said you had a question about Lake St. Clair. Am I? No, no. I, it's not a question. It, it's just uh, Ross is always telling me, you know, to put a swivel on above. And I, I, I'm doing it because I have went through 300, 400 feet of line in the last <laughs> two days because we'll get a six-inch perch. And all he's doing is helicopter, helicopter, helicopter. And you don't even know it's on there. And then when I get it in, it's just like a pube off your butthole. Blind. Jacked up. Cut it up. So, what, what just happened? Cut it up, man. Cut what, what, it up. What just happened? Yeah, and you know, the other thing that that swivel does is it's really nice for uh, catching some weeds, too, occasionally. So. Oh, yeah. I put a bead on. Yeah. Bead above the swivel. So... I went four feet. Now that's what I was calling you earlier for. So I went four feet above, put a put a good swivel on, not a cheap, you know, eagle claw swivel. Uh, put a good swivel, put a bead, and then I put four feet of twenty pound uh, fluorocarbon instead okay. of using the ten pound because I'm just tired of these little pube lines. Oh, it's driving me nuts. Well, and 10 pound fluorocarbon is going to wait, break way before 10 pound mono. So if you got 10 pound mono on your, on your main deal, you're going to be breaking more. And in theory, your leader is going to get a few more nicks and things on it. So it would break way, way easier. But. All right. Uh, last question for this session. We're already, we've already reached the last question for this session. So it was wow. very, it was very painless. Wasn't it so far? I feel, I feel like it's always fun. Yeah. Your face doesn't show that you feel like it's fun. Are we done yet? Are we done yet? <laughs> um, why don't you use release clips uh, on the side of your boards? You loop your line in the clip, and when a fish bites, pull quickly and release the line. The board is disengaged and hanging off rear pin clip. Uh, you make it so much harder not releasing the boards. Well, uh, obviously another person that doesn't watch our stuff, but here's the deal. When you... When you when you make a blind comment like that, and that's why we try to over-explain because when people ask generalized questions, if you go and do that method and you are fishing like I am as a guide, or if you do it and you're fishing one mile an hour with spinners, I'm going to laugh at you. It works for certain things, but when you set up your boards, you know, I carry three sets of boards in my boat. I don't expect most people to have the space or to spend that kind of money on doing that. But all of those are set up just like in the same way you wouldn't use a perch rod for walleye jigging or for red fishing. So you need to adjust those things accordingly. So if you're power trolling a certain type of crankbait or doing a certain thing, that works fine. But when you're going slow, that fish will not pull out of the spread. And also, I don't want to start jerking a rod because I don't know how many fish me and country have had where we barely get them in hooked. 
I've watched it for certain things. It works great. But when people start making blind comments like that, it shows me they haven't done a lot of different things. I, I would love to see it, you know, having four boards per side and then the, third, all back at the, same time. the third board, the third board, have them pull it out and then watch it go and Jerry jig up to all the rest of his lines because brilliant move. Well, and, and it's kind of like producer dude. If, if you guys are kind of wondering what we're talking about here, the, the Dipsy video that we did about a year ago today. So it probably came out a, a few days after about one year ago where we was just me and you and we had five Dipsy divers down and we had a fish on every one of them. And if I wouldn't have had those releases tight on the Dipsy divers, because we had it happen where one popped it because it was just hammering, they basically all go back and basket weave themselves together. And if you're not going fast, then it's a whole nother disaster thing. But um, yeah, it's to keep, it's keep your stuff in line. So you're able to clear other boards because if you're fighting two fish on the other side and then that pops off on the other side, and then that third board comes in and it's going to just mangle with the, the board on the inside. That's why I don't want to do that. Different strokes, different folks. It'll work, just, All right. it'll work for certain situations, but if you're using that for everything, you're going to have some troubles, boy. All right. Any Anything else you guys want to say to each other before we go? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it is it. Your Honor, is my time done with Mr. Country? <laughs> Am I out of? It is. Oh, my God. It, you know, yeah. it, it is fun, though, because I'll be honest with you. We get some people, producer dude, back me on this, and, and people that I know that are pretty fun. And we've had to work Country into this a little bit. They get on the podcast and guys that are just blah, 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 blah chattering before we start or afterwards. And when we get them on here, they're just like, uh. And Country used to be. Like if you watch the Country Steve podcast, we had to work him into that. Like yeah. now, I've gotten better at it. It's it's not as easy as you think it is. Oh no! And it's not no. as fun. It's work. Did he get you know what? Did he? Did he run? Wow! Wow! <laughs> I, I'm just I asking mean, your opinion. That's all. I, I have no either way. I'm asking you. When you started talking about a pimple on a butt with a. Some kind of pubic hair or something. Hair, I, yeah. I was like, country's back, shady's back. Yeah, we, we got it. We're good. Yeah, well, I just, I'm just tired of the helicopter fish. But here, but here's the deal you guys can't, it's like a lot of time, like, oh, dude, you can't handle. Remember, what was Jack Nicholas? You can't handle the truth. Like, if country Steve goes past level five, y'all gonna cry. So be careful what you wish for. Somebody will. Yeah. No, right. I enjoy these. I just think, in all seriousness, like I don't want to discourage people from asking questions. But it, producer dude, am I wrong in, in some of the assumptions here? Where it's like some of the questions are like accusatory, and then other ones are just so blanket that I can't even adequately answer it, even if I wanted to. And it's uh, like a novel. A lot of the questions were good. Um, the we saw it through. Producer dude, catching a walleye that you know is catching a sock. I don't know. That's kind of odd. I mean, yeah, they don't fight. They don't jump out of the, the water, but they put up a good tug. And I don't catch them for the fight. It's trying to catch them consistently and trying to get the bigger ones. You know, um, table fare, you know, it's not that hard for us to go do. A lot of people can't do it. I'm on the Detroit River. I'll come in with a basket of fish and – be the only guy out of 10 boats that has 
all those fish, you know, consistently. And and people, are, what are you doing? How are you doing it? And, and I'll sit there and explain to them. I'll tell them what to do. I'll tell them what we're Depends doing. Depends on the day. Depends on the day, country. You know that. Huh? It's <laughs> no, no, not not the what they're fishing, but you telling them. I could see you being very open, or you just ripping somebody up. Yeah, well, it depends how <laughs> how how the approach goes and where we're at. Right, right. If they come off, you know, we've been on that before, and I've been told to be nice on more than one occasion. Inside joke for everybody. Inside joke for everybody. Leash on, leash off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, I think we're gonna do, we're gonna do these again, aren't we, producer dude? I mean, do you like being slow, Alex? Yeah, we do. We have yes, we have more questions. We're gonna do a part two with country. Yes, part two. Whew. Part two. Look for it. <laughs> <laughs>